When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan, and together with my co-host, Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. As is psychic, psychic sidekick Josh Landy. Hello, Josh. Hey, boys. How are you? Uh, you know, been better. Been better. How was um, your injury? Let's talk about your injury. The first arm, thing. yeah, my broken uh, arm is. Um, it's still going. It's still there. Yeah, it's still broken. It's slowly healing, I think. Because um, what the last thing you want to do is come back from an injury too quickly and yeah. be a real, really pivotal yeah. moment. And what will happen is that someone else at work will be just be pushing you, trying yeah. to get you back into the thing you were supposed to be doing. And then you'll yeah. be 2-0 down and the North London derby's over. Exactly. Yeah, we're doing our Christmas double issue this week. So um, I have to I have to take part. I have to work. I have to go on. I have to take my place in the team. Injury or no injury. Uh, yeah, I am being rushed back. But um, it's just the way it goes, really. And then if, yeah, if if I've shoved on at the last minute, that's fine as well. Um, Hello, welcome to our splendid guests as well. We've got Ollie Shorts, chocolate magnate and uh, Arsenal Arsenal fan legend. Hello, Ollie. Oh, hello. Just dropped my phone. That's symbolic. Ollie's just dropped his phone. Well, it's a good thing we've got two guests. Yeah. Can you hear us, Ollie? Yeah, I can can hear you. No, there he is. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. He's in. Hello. It's fine. And we are joined by uh, the splendid Tim Payton of Arsenal Supporters Trust fame and regular guest of the Arsenal podcast. Hi, Tim. Hello, everyone. 
We should say that Tim was one of the 2000 last Thursday evening who has returned to the Emirates. So, of course he was. Of course he was. How was that, Tim? How was that? I mean, at least you was in the Europa League, which is the, the competition we're good at. <laughs> it was much better than I expected. There is something about going back to the stadium, about being in a group of people who are also fans. You see people you recognise. More noise was made. It was all much kind of truer to the real experience than I expected. I thought, you know, I thought it might be a bit, uh, not enough people here. Uh, look at these health checks. But it was, it was, it was really good. It gave you a real sort of shot in the arm. There was a real sense of being part of the club again and supporting the team. And you can see how the players enjoyed it, how they were connecting with the fans. So it was, it was really, really good. And I was really excited about going into the ballot and getting more tickets. And then, yeah. Were you applauded in by the stewards? They they did that, didn't they? Like, um, it was really friendly. There was definitely yeah. a feeling of something special was happening here. And so stewarding was really friendly. And I think everyone knew they were lucky to be there. There was, there was, it, was, it had that sort of almost like a cup final feel. You felt like you'd mm. gone to something special. Well, what is it? First game in nine months. And it, and it did feel special. And it was, I mean, for God's sake, it was a dead rubber in the Europa League watching this in effect, the sec reserves, um, normally that's the sort of game if it was on your season ticket you'd be handing it out to a mate for free wouldn't you saying oh, I won't go tonight I've done all the others this year yeah. it's, a, it's a December it's a December night you'd have been off to some big TV awards party Boyd or something uh, I don't 100, know but, 100% <laughs> but actually it was the first chance of getting out for ages you know yeah. straight away after lockdown and it did it did feel really good so those people that get come up in the ballot um, and I think I heard that the club, well, the club were doing the ballot today. There was this cruel joke going around that <laughs> Arsenal were doing a ballot of their season ticket holders and the lucky winners won't have to attend. But they are, they are apparently emailing. No, people's accounts are being debited before they're getting emailed. Perhaps that's so they can't change their mind. Um, oh God, yeah, I'm dreading it. I hope, these, yeah. I hope my name's <laughs> if not you get one of if you get one of these lucky tickets or you might say burnt, you know, do savor it, do go because at the current rate of kind of ticket allocation, you're only going to get one game between now and kind of Easter. Uh, You know, things might improve, although all the news at the Mm. moment is that Arsenal might get shut down with the next check of the tiers going up to tier three and you can't have any crowds. I think that's probably a little bit more likely than none. But no, if you get the chance, I would grab that ticket because it's our, well, you know, you it's our home, isn't it, Boyd and, and Josh? I'm looking forward to going back. Home. Yeah, absolutely. Where? Don't get me wrong. Uh, but 7.15 on a Sunday night, first of all, that is, I, I hate that slot, which is the slot. We, I mean, have we won any game playing? Have we even drawn a game playing 7.15 <laughs> on a Sunday night? You know, freezing cold against fucking Burnley of all teams. So we need to beat more than any we've ever needed to beat anyone ever. Well, it's a six <laughs> it's a total six points, especially if Brighton are playing tonight. If Brighton win tonight, we go down the place to 16th. I think I'll have you just looking at oh, that. Um, now, how much, go on, how much longer? How much longer can we talk about something other than the North yeah. London derby? I <laughs> thought I'd bring in the. Really, I didn't really answer my injury question. I could go on about that for a few hours, but no, I'd I won't. Like I won't. To hear about the injury more. I really, really would. Would you, Ollie? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Put it this way, I'm, I'm going back in on to the hospital on New Year's Eve for another um, X-ray. Oh. And if it hasn't healed sufficiently by then, they're going to have to operate. So, um, oh, boy, yeah. 
I don't know if Thomas Partey's thigh needs to operate, but um, I'm more. But look this way: I'm much more concerned about Thomas Partey's thigh than I am my own fucking broken arm. Um, that's the that's the mental state I'm in. If you saw, now, well, if on. you saw Harry Kane bearing down on you, would, oh. you, would you sort of move, shuffle sideways, or would you would you you and your shoulder take it for the team? I'll take it for the team. I mean, Harry Kane did another one of those fouls, didn't he, on um, Gabriel that he does every fucking game, where he basically assaults the player midair and gets away with it. Um, but I'm just going to penalty uh, doing that against Brighton as well. It's remarkable yeah. how no one, no one brings it up. It's like yeah. he's allowed to do it, and it's because he's a darling of like the you know England captain. Everyone loves him. Yeah. The media love him, so um, he just gets away with it. Could you imagine if Diego Costa was doing that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. We could talk about that for an hour, um, but maybe we should talk about um, our um, now the stat that we, we're exchanging stats. Me and me and Josh in the build up to this podcast, Josh suggested the stat, the classic stat, which is um, about um, our foul throws that we've 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 we've, won, we've we've achieved more foul throws than we have goals since when was it, Josh? Um, since start of October, I think. Start of October. That's a good stat. The real, the stat that's re- that's going around that is really amazing. And I don't know if this is true. I've been trying to find out in the last um, few minutes whether it's true. I cannot confirm it with any of the kind of you know stat nerds who um, like Albino or the the real the real ones that kind of. But, but this one is going around. The Arsenal have the least number of shots this season in the second half of a game among all 92 English clubs. <laughs> if that is true, I think it could be a joke because that's a quite. No, funny... I, no, I don't think it is. It was put out by uh, by Duncan Alexander, a sort of very reputable. Um, a reputable man on on Twitter, okay. um, who was definitely something to do with Opta at one oh, point. Right. I'm not sure okay. he still is, but uh, I think it's true. Sadly, there you go. Well, there you go. That, that's that's one to savor. Generally, come on. Like, I mean, where to begin? Uh, here's where. Let's begin with this one. First of all, what was weird about the? I mean, there are many, many absolutely bewildering things about that game against Spurs. But I was going to seize upon this first of all that the pundits like Gary Neville and Jamie Redknapp. And Mourinho, Jose Mourinho himself, were all being incredibly kind to us, aren't they? <laughs> like, they're being, oh, Arsenal played really well. They had 70% possession. They had, you know, 5,000 million crosses. Um, they're unlucky. They're a really good team, blah, blah, blah. They're all talking that way. And I'm like, Arsenal fans are absolutely, like, up in arms, like, absolutely infuriated by the whole thing, quite rightly. And um, bewildered at the fact that he didn't, he played completely into Spurs' you know, uh, tactics. It was the most simple, you know, it's like not watched Spurs doing this every single game they play, where they, where they, where they just unleash the ball from Kane to Son and score. I mean, it happens every single fucking game. I was like, I've been watching this every week. Inevitably, we were going to succumb to that, and to not revert to that three at the back system against the big teams that worked so well for us seemed absolute madness. I mean, so I think, I know the players, some of the players are playing really badly. We're going to have to talk about Aubameyang, et cetera. But Tim, didn't you, I just felt tactically, it was just insane playing into the hands that way. Did, did you? Or am I being harsh? No, I think it's a fair comment. And, and, and going back to like Mourinho, well, the, the worst thing of all is when Mourinho decides that you're so little of a threat that he's going to praise you in his post-match <laughs> press conference. <laughs> it's almost like, please don't sack this man. I want to play him every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it really is a sort of inverse form of pity, isn't it? When we I mean, it was a really tough game, you know, when he barely, 
broken sweat. Yeah, what, what is extraordinary is I remember um, Ferguson's United. You know, I got the measure of Wenger's teams for a while, and it just did the same thing, didn't they? Soak it up and catch on the counter, and it was so obvious what was going to happen yesterday. Um, but it's is it because he just hasn't got the tools to implement anything different? I mean, yes, get possession. We can all go into well, what's the point of possession if you don't do anything with it? But what else has he got when he is so lacking? in the midfield position, so lacking in midfield. And then what that has done is that has created a, a sort of confidence deficit in the in the attacking players, and it's all crumbled down on itself. It's just awful to watch and observe. Yeah, I mean, Ollie, would you have, you know, would you, when you saw the team selection, were you surprised? Were you, or do you think it makes much difference? Do you think we would have stood a better chance if we'd have, if we'd have played three at the back and... You know, different players, or is it just is it just a Malay? Is this Malay taking over the club? It doesn't matter who he picks; it's still going to be absolute I, I, shit. I, 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 it didn't matter who we pick. You know, pick the pick the same team against Man United, we probably would have lost. Um, you know, even against Aston Villa, against Wolves, um, against Leicester, it doesn't matter what's going on. Three at the back, four at the back, playing Partey. You know, at the moment, if nothing is clicking, nothing is working, and. You know, I, I think he's got to look at himself, Arteta, and, and he's got to figure it out because at the moment, you know, we are. I can't see where the next win is coming from. I don't. I, I think we're going to really struggle against Burnley. I think it's a really difficult game for us to to have at home with the crowd. They'll probably get on the the players' back if we're not winning by you know half time. I think it's going to be a really difficult game, and I, I don't see how we're going to get out of this mess anytime soon and the players every one of the players they're just not up for it at the moment it's great playing all this possession football but you know as, as the stats as the stats don't lie was it maybe three four shots on goal in the second half which is the worst it's ever been you know worst start in the league um, for 45 years I, I don't know when this is going to end and we all said this this time last year with Emery so it's it's really concerning the, the, the downward spiral, as uh, we called it last week, we called last week's episode a downward spiral. This is downward spiral part two. And I do think on one hand, to be fair, I thought the performance generally was more, was better than it has been for a few weeks. I'm clinging to that somehow. I mean, like in terms of, I know we complete, Spurs completely let us have the ball and they weren't in the slightest bit bothered. And, and that's, but within the context of that, um, you know, in terms of our passing and, I don't know. I, I'm clinging. I'm desperately trying to find some positives. You're doing what Arteta did, which, you know, you <laughs> yeah. know, and again, it's amazing how watching Arteta do his Sky um, press conference, followed by what he does for the, the general media, he is just putting out the same message, almost, you know, almost word for word about how the supposed tremendous character we showed when we went one nil down and even more so when we went two nil down uh, and we didn't give up and we put in all these crosses, you know, he's, he's clinging to the positives. You can talk about it, but he's putting huge pressure on, on, on the strikers, isn't he? Because the, the, the crux of what I took from the post-match interviews is, you know, how do you solve this? How do you improve? You know, we, we need to score goals, but I mean, it's not like we're, you know, every game missing, one-on-one chances, you know, I still, you know, would be confident you put a Bamiyang through and give him a great opportunity, even going on this barren run. 
He's just not. We're not creating enough opportunities to accumulatively suggest we're going to be scoring enough goals. Where does this come from? Because anyone like Tim, if you got, I don't, I'm genuinely bewildered as to how how we've ended up like this. Because you know, like against, it doesn't seem it wasn't so long ago we we beat Man United and everyone played pretty well in that game and we had the tactics were spot on and you know it seemed to be it seemed to be like the dawn of everything seemed to be going okay and we were solid and we had a good defensive record etc. How has this how has this happened that we've ended up? He seems to have changed tactics to become obsessed with crossing the ball, 34 million crosses, and we and playing Aubameyang Central, who obviously is not does not thrive on crosses. It's not 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 bother. That's not his game. It's not really any of our our forwards' game, really. And um, and as we've said, this mid terrible terrible midfield, not just just diabolical. William, absolutely pointless player. Another horrendous performance. How has how has it come to this, Tim? Have you got a theory as to you know what's come? What I, I am absolutely bewildered by. I, I can't put my finger on how this has happened. Have you got any theories? Well, I think it. I think there are many things go wrong, and they they sort of, they collectively add up to give you the picture that you've got now. But if there's a fulcrum for it, it's the midfield. That's what's gone wrong. He doesn't have the creativity there. You know what he did have has dropped off. The William Gamble didn't work. I think you see all the crosses because he knows he can't play through the middle. He's not got the midfielders in there who are going to pass through the lines, has he? So this is an attempt to go to go round them. But I I think it all is about that, you know, it's all about the lack of creativity. We were laughing there, but it's true, you know, about the least number of shots on target. There's a reason. I also think if you look, there were clues in most of the games. I mean, you know, the Manchester United win was a good performance and a good result. But have you seen that Manchester United some games? You know, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. a stunning result. In it, it partly shows you the troubles they've got as much as us. And perhaps it was slightly overread. And if you look at some of the other games, and you know, the, the statistic that really doesn't lie is what is it? Ten goals in eleven games? Or I got that right? You know, trying to add, just remember them. But it's at yeah. that kind of level. That that is the real story of of what is going on. They are not. They are not creating or taking chances in any of the games that gives you very small margins and then when it starts to tip against you i think what they've got is a lack of confidence and i suspect there's two other things going on i expect the urzel being left out has got a certain impact or how how certain he's gone in there very much my way or the highway and that works for so long and it picks people up but when things start going wrong i think you know probably there's a lot in the dressing room thinking what's this guy on about and he's gone for that approach and he also looks quite intense and quite focused and i bet you in the dressing room there's a mixture of not quite fear but just what the hell are we being asked to do and this guy's out of his depth and oh here we go again and I think that's led us into the situation we're in. And it's it's very dangerous for him because what, what we're all struggling to see, I think, it's it's not that there's a couple of players that come back and it sparks it, or it's not that we've just seen a run of bad luck with results not matching the performances, is it? None of us quite see how this gets turned around. And, and I can tell you one thing for certain, he's not going to have much money in January, if anything. So whatever they do is going to have to be really sort of super creative in the sense of swaps or sell first, or I just don't quite see how they get out of this. 
God. I mean, I think, I think he, yeah, I think the big mistake you, I said this last week, I think, I think one big mistake he made was changing it from the five at the back to, to the four, because, you know, he, I think he was listening to criticism I mean, that, that criticism uh, that that formation, you know, we shouldn't play all the time. You know, we shouldn't play at home to in quotes, lesser teams. Well, maybe, but that now he's ditched all together, you know, like away against the top team in the country at the moment spurs. And I think he hasn't got the players for that. Like the whole reason why surely he was playing that five at the back with the limited midfield he had was because it did, he did, didn't rely so much on it. And we could get, we had, you know, the, 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 the wing backs or whatever you call them going, going out wide. And we had Saka playing well in that system. And we managed to stitch some break, breakaway football moves together quite, you know, at, at some speed, you know, in, in once or twice, we don't need to do it once or twice a game, but we'd managed to do it against those bigger teams. And now even that's gone. It's like, we've got nothing. <laughs> we've just got nothing apart from these absolutely terrible crosses. I this mean, goes back to last season as well, Boyd. Like we were doing this against Olympiacos, against Aston Villa. You know, we were, we yeah. were struggling to, to create and it's just continued. You know, even when he first came against, you know, Bournemouth, against Crystal Palace, against Sheffield United, when we drew, remember when we drew 1-1, one, one, he yeah. just came in. We, we have been struggling right. to create chances and this isn't just a new thing. We, but my we point is, yeah, I agree. But my point is, we weren't losing games like this, so many. Like, you know, we, we weren't losing every three home games in a row and then losing to Spurs. We were kind of, you know, we were, you know, we were kind of manufacturing results, even though creatively we had that massive, we had a big problem. And I think him changing that system has been a disaster. And has he made this even worse? And as Tim's alluding to, I think some of the players, like Aubameyang, we've got to talk about Aubameyang. And I think with him, it's like a chicken and egg situation. So what came first? Him, kind, his form dipping, or this system, which puts him in the middle, but doesn't give him any service, and playing all these crosses, and him being really annoyed about it, which seems fair enough. And I think in my mind, I think he, he I think the only explanation for him for this dip in form, this massive, not just dip, this absolute trough of hell is that, you know, obviously he's pissed off that he's not getting chances, but he must be furious at the tactics. And that's not good. Is it Ollie? Like, don't you think like he can't be happy with, you know, the, that it's all, every single attack is just crossing the ball aimlessly into the box. I, I think if you're, Obama and you've obviously been, he's been spoken to Arteta before he, he would have known what he was signing up for. But this is, you know, beyond anyone's imagination what's going on right now. The fact that we, you know, we talk about, you know, chances, expected goals. I, I don't think we any expected goals over the last sort of four or five games. And you know, it's, it's ridiculous, the tactics of crossing it in. He scored, I think I read today, however many goals he, he scored for Arsenal, three have been headers. You know, these three, tactics yeah. are not made for Aubameyang I don't think they're made for anyone in this team as you alluded to earlier on I don't think Lacazette's going to be able to get you many headed goals um, and it, it just it begs the question as to, to what's going on um, and and why Arteta is continuing with the with crossing the ball in you know we don't even have um, Bellerin can't even cross it for Ludlow or Montney Tierney I, th- I think he's got a great delivery on but what's even more embarrassing is 
we're resorting for, to long throws from Tierney, and they're not even long throws. It's just embarrassing from, from start to finish. I, I think he looks. I think he he looks like a player. I think there's confidence there, but I think this looks like a player that doesn't want to be there. And if you go back to last season, I think you know he, he had two motivations. One is the sort of new manager in the football, but there was the financial motivation. He was playing for a new contract, either at Arsenal or somewhere else. My, my feeling is if you actually look at what happened and you listen behind the scenes, he didn't want to be at Arsenal this year. Don't, don't forget, guys, do you remember how late he actually signed? Yeah. And it was getting quite nervous. That was because his team were told to keep the options open as late as possible. And he only signed when, there's a, you could almost see it happening, he only signed when Messi announced that he'd do another year at Barcelona. And I think he, he had his eye on that move and was really hoping for that. But because of the pandemic and other situations, he wasn't going to get an offer like anywhere else to match what was at Arsenal. And I'm not saying he hated Arsenal or, or, or anything like that. And I don't think it's in the... Urzel category, but now that that contract's been done, the big wages are there, 300k a year for the next three years. God knows what that will look like when he's approaching sort of 34, 35 and being paid that. We, well, we all know what it will look like, but I think like, re, you know, realisation has hit now. Shit, I'm going to be lucky to be in a Europa League team the next couple of years. Not getting the chances. It isn't that much fun. Got the captaincy. It's not my natural disposition, really. And the weight of the world is on his shoulders. You know, it's a mixture of lack of confidence and lack of motivation. Uh, you, you've got to say, we, we are very fortunate Aubameyang did stay with us, aren't we? Why? We, we've got to be honest. But, well, because he's the best player in our team, not in current form, but he's the best player in our squad by sort of, you know, a, a distance. Yeah, I, I think I was talking about this um, actually with one, one of our former players fairly recently, and we were talking about the, the way things have gone in, in the last 15 years. And they were making the point to, to look around and go, how many of the players now would, would get in to a top four team? And by that, presumably we mean, you know, Man City, Liverpool, you know, Chelsea's Spurs, man, you know, and Aubameyang is conceivably the only answer to that um, to that conundrum, you know, an on form Aubameyang. The rest of them, you'd struggle. You struggle to pick out a name. I don't. No, you do, boy, and and that's it's fine. That's what we've become. We we are not on the same level we were, and it's got slightly worse, you know, each each year that you know sort of passes. I don't, but yeah, I don't we buy can't that have a huge go here at um, Abamyang. The the whole problem is he's our one world class player. He can't. He's not gone shit overnight. He he is going to come back. Arsenal are not going to win this season. You know, fifteenth or sixteenth. Um, I just there's just huge pressure on his shoulders because. You know, three, four weeks ago, we sat here and bemoaned the fact that he wasn't being given the opportunity to to play up up top. You know, play your best striker in their best position. And that is what's going on at the moment. Josh, why aren't we going to finish 15th? These players, uh, you know, right now on form uh, are not playing much better than where we are in the league. But, you know, there's an argument to say this squad is a, a better squad of players than some of what, you know, Wenger dragged into the, the top four, top six. But I and, thought you were uh, just saying the opposite. I thought you were saying that we haven't got any decent players. <laughs> I'm confused. 15, no, no, 15 years ago, or I say 10, 15 years ago, these players are, you know, absolutely no worse. But you look at those last couple of years of, of what Wenger had, 
you know, I, you can't say that this isn't, you know, you know, too too much of that. I'm just saying, like, there was a time when Arsenal had players that would easily walk into their competitors. You know, we, we don't have that. A lot of time has passed from that. Um, and unfortunately, at the moment when it's, it's been going, it's been going wrong. But I, I don't see us ending the season 15th. I mean, do you, Boyd? Where do you, even, no. even when we're in this low moment and, and we're looking at it, I still don't don't see the problem no, but, is the league season's over and it's December. Like it's over. We're not going to get in the top six. So, so what do we do? It's just a, Albino, a year of hoping Al- improves. Albino pointed in what, or the best, the most uplifting Albino stat was when he pointed out that this is our worst league performance. It's what 81 or something. 80. And yeah. And that season we finished fifth. So let's cling to that. But um, I think I see, I don't agree. I think the point about the players or Bamiang being our only I mean, world-class, I mean, I, th- I mean, first of all, I think, Party, you know, um, Gabriel. We've seen Bamiang. about two hundred minutes. We've seen two hundred minutes of, of no, Thomas Party in the Premier League. I mean, what I'm saying is, I know obviously it's terrible. It's terrifying. It's, it's terrible. That it's injured. But what I'm saying is, I think we've got. I think we have. I think Zaka, Tierney. These are players that are, you know, capable of playing well. I think we've got a good enough squad and a good enough team. Boy, you've, got to, you've got to be joking about Xhaka to get into a top four side. I didn't say Xhaka. I didn't say Xhaka. Xhaka. You meant Xhaka. Xhaka. Did I say uh, Oh, no. Xhaka. Xhaka shouldn't be getting sorry, into you our... Got me, you got me so worried there. Sorry. Sorry. Saka, Xhaka. Xhaka I... shouldn't be anywhere near the fucking B team, let alone this team. But what, what I'm saying is, I think what might have to happen for the team, dare I say it, to rise and to get over this downward spiral is to get a new manager. I mean, I offer that as a suggestion because I'm worried watching his post-match interview that you alluded to, you mentioned Josh, um, where he looked very angry at being challenged in the sky interview, perfectly decent questions about, you know, the amount of chances you're creating. And he banged on about the crosses. Like it was a good thing. I mean, that's clearly his tactics. What the fuck is that tactic? And how can you defend it when the, the aimless crosses weren't producing anything and we didn't produce one decent chance? How can you, or maybe the one, Zeta, one, all right, one or two, but you know, yeah, but you know, he, he doesn't see, he doesn't seem to the simple things that I was admiring him for until recently were his clarity, his ability to see the flaws, to be honest and upfront about them. Now he's just sunk into that kind of classic, I think naive young managers thing of being overly defensive about every decision you make. And I don't think you can see the wood for the trees. If he's seriously picking that team and those tactics against Spurs and then saying after the match that he thought the huge number of crosses going in was a good thing. I I, I worry about him. I really worry about him. Where you've got a, a, a real point and something interesting to talk about Boyd is yeah, this is a rookie manager learning on the job. Yeah, yeah. But Arsenal, Arsenal is no place to learn. No. Nor any of the big clubs now. The scrutiny and the pressure you learn in the lower divisions. You know, you you learn and you build it up. And it could be that it is too much for him um, in what needs doing. Particularly, he's got no experience of how you turn it around. You know, like those that have been doing it for many, many times when it's gone wrong. Where Arsenal have got an incredibly difficult call, I feel, is the last four or five years is littered with panic, isn't it? 
it's littered with panic for, you know, you go back, Sanchez, Mkhitaryan swap, giving Ozil the huge contracts, you had a superstar, even bringing Aubameyang in when you had Lacazette already, and they've never worked together, and other bits of the squad were unbalanced, and then you can go on. They rolled to die with big mon- those big money spendings to get in the Champions League. It didn't happen. And they rolled to die with other spending. Then you roll the die, move the manager on, roll the die, move Emery on. And yes, it could well be in about four weeks' time, they go shit. And what they'll be doing is rolling the die. Because I tell you what matters for Arsenal, it's seventh place. Because seventh place brings you another Europa League, which earns you about 30 to 40 million. And the idea of not having that. And I think the really interesting call is, do you roll the die again? It's a little bit like the team that's about to get relegated. Coming eighth is getting relegated for Arsenal. It's the same thing financially as it is for the sort of bottom half of the table going out the Premier League. Do you roll the die again and bring someone in and get that short-term boost and go, well, hey, we've come seventh or we've won an FA Cup and we've got in? Or do you think Arteta is the guy to lead a project and leave him alone for two or three years? Mm. But your point about the young manager, I must say I'm struggling a little bit more than I was six weeks ago to say this is the guy to allow to have yeah. a three or four year project. Me too. I, me, I, I, I hold my hands up. So once I, I hold my hand up, you know, I, I, I posited the theory that, you know, even though he was completely inexperienced, him working under Pep and him, he, his seeming intelligence, both emotional and literal and tactical now. and all of that seemed to be there, you know, from when he started and through, you know, when we restarted the last year and everything and all of that. But now, and I thought he had a more, he was more intelligent than the other younger managers, like the Frank Lampards and, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Now I'm no longer convinced. In fact, when you saw how Chelsea played against Spurs, as opposed to how we played against Spurs, you think actually Lampard knows what he's doing better than Arteta. I know it's only one example, but I, I do worry now about him. I, you know, I hate to say it. I hate to say, you know, that we were being too, we were, we were being too optimistic about him. Oli, do you think that's fair? Do you think I'm going, I'm not saying Arteta out, Arteta out was, was trending this morning on Twitter. I'm not saying that yet, but I worry. Do you worry? I worry big time and I'm, <laughs> I'm more, more concerned. And I was going to ask him, but he, he's, he's answered it for me is, this Europa League, I, I'm, I, would, I convinced myself that it was super important, you know, as important as when the, you know, Wenger was going on about the Champions League money. I think the Europa League money is, is, is so important. And, and if it is that important, I think we've got to get rid of him. And, and if, you know, Tim was to say it's not so important if we do have a year out of the Europa League, then I'd stick with him and see what he can do because there's something about him, which I do like. Um, but I'm, I'm convinced at the moment where there is no chance of us qualifying for Europe unless we miraculously do what we did last year and that's win a cup. And that is too much of a gamble. We can still come sixth or seventh if we put a run together. That's yeah. not going to happen at the moment. And and that is a, I am, I'm concerned. He talks such a great game, Arteta, but I'm convinced of anyone who you know can speak English um, and Emily <laughs> no. couldn't speak English. No, um, no, I'm not. Oli, you, 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 you're going too far here. We, we still have to remember, def- defensively, that there have been un- undeniable improvements. Now, we have in, I know we've spoken about Aubameyang already, but we, we have pretty much the, the top goal scorer in, in the Premier League in the last couple of years, you know, right up there with, with anyone. I mean, if you if you could take away, uh, you know, the, the seven, eight, nine, ten goals, we probably would have expected 
him to have more than he's got this season, we probably are actually in that sort of seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth position. Um, and, and that for me is a, a huge difference. And I just don't believe that this run of uh, form, I don't think this is like an Ozil situation where new contract and it, and it's never coming back and we probably never see him play to the level again. I think, you know, we have Josh, to, this has been we have to back him in. This is his performances. What, Aubameyang? No, I'm talking about Arteta as, as I'm manager. About Aubameyang. Aubameyang. Yeah, but you're saying you're, you're just expecting Aubameyang to have seven to ten more goals uh, well, in any other game season. Water, and, you, you'd expect and, it, right? But, but, but that's not but happened. Where do you rate him, manager he's, hasn't got there. Go on, Tim. Sorry. He's getting, he get, wait, he gets, he's getting paid more than Salah. He's getting paid more than Harry Kane. Because of the unique situation. That level? Well, it's not his fault, is it, about him well, getting no, paid more? Well, he found the situation that, you know, Ozil found himself in and, and other players at other clubs. I think it's different. I'm with Josh on this one. I think it's different. Ozil was in decline when we gave him that new contract. Yeah. I don't he? think that's true with Aubameyang. Aubameyang has been brilliant. You know, he, he, he's been up there in the golden boot the last couple of seasons. Won it one year. Joyton won it, didn't he, the year before last. He was, could have won it last year. One goal off last year. One goal off last year. In this fucking team of useless shitheads, with this these terrible midfielders, still they've been there for years and years, right? So he's he managed to rescue us and score goals in that situation. So I think it absolutely made sense to sign him up, even for 350k EMs. I, 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 so I'm with Josh on that. Where I think that's a separate issue from why can't this? Why has this manager failed to get these players? Sucker, I keep back. I go on about it. Sucker or Bamiyang, even Lacazette played perfectly well yesterday. You know, he worked really hard, didn't he? And he, and he has, you know, there have been games where they've worked all right together with Bamiyang. He just can't get them playing in a, in a free flowing, attacking way, in, in any semblance of that. And that really no. worries me. And, you, you know, and him reverting to this, uh, changing his mind. And making decisions like playing party, yes, they reeks of desperation, that reeks of short-termism, and that's backfired disastrously. Um, and not only for the goal, but now he's injured again. All these decisions, his decisions, I worry about. Um, and I wonder whether, as you know, it, we have to reach the point where, like the Burnley game, for example, that's a must-win now. It's and huge, Boyd. It's yeah. huge, but... You know, can you, can you envisage a situation where we beat Burnley, we beat Southampton, are we sitting here, you know, in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, but you, you know, said that it, last couple. We've been saying this. No, I mean, now. like, you know, OK, fine. But, like, we didn't expect to get anything right. out of the Spurs game. So nothing's really changed from, like, last week, right? We, we've gone to the league leaders. We haven't been very good at White Hart Lane or away to Tottenham anyway of, uh, you know, of late. So I don't think huge amount has, has changed. I, I just... I don't know. Like I saw a few people calling for him to, to go on social media. I, I don't think we're there yet. If it gets to oh, another game and we're I, crawling along and we're on a pointer game, then, then I think it's going to be very tough. Josh, the performances earlier on the season, let's talk about West Ham. That was an atrocious performance. We managed to scrape a 2-1. Even against Sheffield United, I think we created two chances in the space of five minutes, but clung on at the end. We aren't actually playing good football. We haven't played good football all season, apart from Fulham, Man United, and actually we were all right against Manchester City and Liverpool. But everything else against, we should, you know, back in the day, we just, you know, roll over all the the teams below us and we'd struggle against the the, the big guns. 
But now we're just struggling against everyone. Yeah, but equally, I, I know what Josh means. I can see, I can see, look, I, I, it's perfectly possible that against Burnley, you know, in the first five minutes or something, suddenly the ball breaks, luckily, to Aubameyang, and he runs on and he scores. And he looks immediately happy, happier, and, you know, um, we beat Burnley by three to one or something. And then we've got a few games where we, you know, and then we build from that. That's perfectly possible, I think. And that we end up being, you know, out of this rut and we put some string of results together equally though. And that, and I think this now, and I wouldn't have said this a couple, a few weeks ago, equally, I think this malaise could be really, really serious if he keeps making bad decisions and the team has, because it's all about has, is, is or isn't the team turning against him, isn't he? That's like, and I'm not saying they are, but there's definitely so many players that aren't doing it for him. Decent players. I mean, let's face it. William was perfectly good for Chelsea quite a lot of the time. He's been an absolute fucking disaster for us. Well, you know, these things are like interesting. Like, why yeah. can't he get and performance I'd, out? Boy, and boy, I'd really like to know what, you know, what really is going on there. But isn't Urza was still going into train with them, isn't he? Yeah, what's that about? Which I find, I, yeah. I, know, I find that totally ridiculous. I think that might be something to do with contract law, which if you don't let him go in and train, it's seen as sort of unfair dismissal, or what was the other word I'm looking for, but um, constructive dismissal when he'd have a legal claim against them. But I'm like, well, so what? The legal claim would see his contract paid out or pay out the contract. Now, how can it be helpful to have Ozil, who clearly doesn't think much of the situation or the setup at the moment, also has got some great talent that's clearly not there, mixing with the players every training session? How can, how can that be good or healthy? But that is yeah. what's going on at the moment. And I'm with you. I don't know if the players, I'm not saying they're turned against him. I'm also maybe confused or fed yeah. up. And I yeah. think some of the, that slightly very, very sort of strong-willed focus, which comes up in the interviews, doesn't necessarily bring people with you in difficult times. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Arsenal will. But I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Josh. I mean, I, the massive, well, they're all massive games, aren't they? But I think the following weekend is the absolutely massive game because it's Everton. And I think that is, that's the sixth pointer for the Europa League spot because I think Arsenal and Everton will be kind of around that seventh, eighth, ninth come the end yeah. of the season. So I think that's, that's massive in, that, in, the, in the sense of who our rivals are. Yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll return to talk more uh, about Arsenal and the situation after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the break. A um, couple of things to mention, I suppose, are 
Right, the, the Bellerin f- foul throw situation, Ollie. What do we do about that? Do we just drop him? You know, no, right? I, I, don't I, be ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, on every single game that I watch, there is somebody making a foul throw, and I just can't understand why every single week he he gets picked up on. It's madness. It's 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 you know something that we you know we joke about like on on our WhatsApp chats now about Bellerin and his foul throw, but every team does it, and it happens. But so what, Ollie? If you, so, so what? It's it's the laws of the game. Yeah, it's trivial, but it's the law of the game. But if you've got it wrong and been picked up for it, you damn well make sure you don't do it again. I think that yeah, obviously that's you know that's true. But you know sometimes I just think these players they don't really think about necessarily like the, the throw in there. You know, like one second. Well, they have all week. The they have a week to train and practice and think about it. They should. Do. I, I, I can't. I can't imagine. You know, making a throw is is what they do on the on the, on the training pitch. You know. Well, know, maybe. Well, maybe he has to. Well, maybe maybe they should do. They have about four hours a day. They can do something productive with it. Stand in and practice your throwings. The, the wider point here could be about the, the games are like just so intense at the moment. Does he have enough time, Arteta, to, to, to implement the changes that he wants to on the training ground? Or is it just match day, the game? Like, you just have no time at the moment. You know, we, we have we have no breaks. And, uh, you know, Boyd, you mentioned there about the five, five you know, three centre-backs. So we're going to about four. I just fear that we're not having enough time to sort of, you know, impact, you know, the changes we want to make. What I would say about this Hector Bellerin throwing, players do get a reputation, don't they? Either for, you know, diving or for bad challenges or, and possibly Bellerin. You can well imagine, can't you, at the referee's briefings when they're sitting there and they've got to review what was a offence and, uh, you know, what should have been done about this situation. <laughs> he is probably case study. <laughs> 100% Hector Bellerin. Yeah, right. I agree. I agree. But, yeah, but it doesn't mean he has to still fucking make, do foul throws. If he wasn't doing well, foul he, throws, then the referees wouldn't needs- be able to pick him up on it. You're right, but they need content on a Monday morning when they're all sitting there. They can't just have no one do foul throws. He's got to take one for the team, possibly. I know, but it is frustrating. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, But um, I don't think he's the problem, Boyd. I don't think we can pick on Hector. No, but there's a very interesting... Go on. Well, the debate around Hector, I feel, uh, is why isn't Maitland-Niles playing occasionally? Yeah. Or got a role? And and this is partly, and this is, again, I think, does this come of panic or the desperation for the short-term result? Because he's not actually, if you look in, particularly in the Premier League games, he's not using any of the youngsters. Now, you go back to Wenger, and Wenger will tell you, you you're too scared to use them because you don't have the authority to ride out the defeats that will come with them. But at least that's a sense of a project. Whereas... Arteta now seems to default almost by picking something that's very defensive or looks quite scared or needs yeah. must or panicked, yeah. which is to put the party But he wasn't court. doing that. And and he's changed, though. Others. Because well, he played, he played but, Maitland-Niles quite a lot, didn't he, you know, uh, last well, he, season? He, he played in those two big cup games yeah. that actually, in many ways, rescued. Because Arteta right. didn't actually... He, almost, he didn't have much of a bounce in the league last year. If you actually look at it, we, we finished in about the position he took over. What rescued him was the FA Cup run because it sure. provided the, the European slot. I think we forget that actually the league games weren't great and some of the signs of what we're seeing now are. But yes, with Maitland-Niles, I think, doing a very, very good job in a couple of those games and clearly adding particularly some 
dynamism and pace. It just surprises me that what have we, have we seen him in a Premier League game yet this season for even a minute? I don't think we have. We Fulham. He played against Fulham and he played against Liverpool. Ninety minutes, I believe. Was it the whole? Was that? But it's very, very limited, isn't it? it it's strange that in our two best performances last season in the semi-final and the final, he plays ninety minutes. And we're all praising Arteta and the tactics and everything. And then he plays against Fulham, plays 90 minutes, we win 3-0. And then he's really not played again, apart from Liverpool. I think he might have played against West Ham as well. But other than that, he's, he's, not, he's not in the team. He's played about 10 the, minutes uh, in the last two months. England international as well, uh, Maitland-Niles. You know, being selected at you know international level and, and basically not getting an opportunity uh, in our you know, in the team, well, pretty much all sorts, all, all season. So yeah, it is frustrating, but Boyd, I, I don't know. I, I just fear um, that people have gone overboard. You know, I just think we've, we've lost to a, uh, a very good ton of side who are going to be streets ahead of us um, this season. It has been horrible to watch. I just feel that it, it will just take one win to start turning it around. And I, I think we're going to beat Burnley. I mean, when it really comes down to it, do you think we will not beat Burnley? I'm, I'm intrigued, Boyd. Um, it's a great game for us. I mean, come on. There's not many teams. Blast. <laughs> yeah, they're one of the you think we're on a shit point. So they're on, <laughs> yeah. they're on six points. We're six on Fulham points. when you need them. Bring on Fulham. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 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 right now I do, I do think we'll beat Burnley because we have yeah. to, and I can't, yeah, right now I cannot, I, I, I'm tending towards that we beat Burnley, you know, and we, we put a mini run together and, you know, by Christmas, we're like mid-table at least, you know. We're out of this uh, embarrassing lower area of the league and it's not doesn't seem too bad. I am, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel like that's entirely possible. But but I don't think it's, I don't think we're going over the top because I think it's just clear. I, f- I feel like I'm much, le- put it this way, I am, I, I, I feel like I have been too um, positive about him all round as a coach as a communicator, as a decision maker. And now I feel like, you know, almost, I hate to say it, but I feel like the, you know, the, the uh, Alan Alger level of questioning, perhaps, you know, that validity of that, you know, is being proven because, because I think what's happening, he has to take a lot of the blame. I think is, is, is that's what I'm saying. I think in the end, you know, it's like, where do you go to, you know, the way we're playing, I think it, 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 a lot of it is down to him. And that's the shame of it. Cause I think you can, you can often separate, can't you? If the player's not doing what he wants them to do, but he's clear that he, they are doing what he wants them to do. They're just yeah. not in his mind, not scoring the goals at the end of it. I mean, it's almost like blaming, you know, the strikers and abrogating everyone else's responsibility. I'm like, no, it's everyone else that's fucking shit. The strikers, how long, don't blame Aubameyang, the strikers. How long would you give him? Now, let's say, you know, we, we stay around 15th, 16th. Do, do you call it a day in yeah. another half a dozen games? When, yeah. when do you call it a day? About that, yeah, roughly that, yeah. I think if we're still in this kind of position, um, you know, New Year, um, with how many games we've got, um, and he hasn't worked out a way of halting the decline. I think you have to recognise when a team's in decline. Famously, you know, going back to Wenger, it was clear to, you know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not bringing up that subject matter. I just think it, he clung on for reasons when it was clear that we were in decline. I know people are going on about, all right, you know, he got us full. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying you have to be aware. And with 
Unai Emery, it was really clear we're in decline, I think, with your own, you know, we could just all see it with our own eyes. And yet the, the club took way long to get rid of him. So that's my issue. And I think I'd rather we make we were decisive than spend way too long on someone who isn't going to, isn't, hasn't got the time and can't achieve what he wants to achieve. Anyway, Tim, what do you think is going to happen in the Burnley game? <laughs> I think they'll probably eke out a tough to watch one nil win. Um, I, I think it could get really tough if they, you know, if it's nil nil at half time and Burnley just put up the defensive wall and we're not getting very far and a little bit of panic sets in. You've got 2000 pounds in there getting agitated, mumbling through the mask. You know, it, it could be, it could be a tough game. But, you know, I think they'll beat Burnley, but then I think they've got two tough games following Southampton are, are no mugs and then Everton, as I say. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure he'll take more than five points out of those three games. And that isn't really form that's going to help him that much. It, it's difficult. But I just can't see Arsenal getting rid of him this season. And I can't see the benefit of that. Like The only reason you'd do it is if there was an absolute outstanding manager out there waiting to come in now. Pochettino? And I'm not sure there is. Pochettino? Well, hey, mate, he's not going to come into Arsenal for various <laughs> reasons. Allegri. Including his... Well, that's, that's the one, but you'd probably have to... The thing is, and I'm sure they would take it because, you know, there'd probably be a huge salary and offer to them. But whoever takes it now... He's got. A, he's not dealing with money for the next two or three years. He's not able to make signings, or not. Not you know. You know what I mean by that. Not able to make big signings. There is absolutely nothing left. They use the overdraft. They refinance. So they put more debt on the club. You know. You could give them credit. They spent every penny they had and beyond. Like I said, the the fifty fifty million Barclays overdraft was accessed for party. But there is nothing left now, and they're about to chalk up a hundred and fifty million pound loss. Whatever you do is wheeling and dealing with what you've got and bringing through the youngsters. So you've got to bring in a manager. And I still wonder if, still, I wouldn't give up for a, a fair bit longer yet. On, I'd give Arteta long to try and meet that challenge. Give him longer, um, and it might be that there would be a release. I can't see them saying we won't go for the Europa League because it is, as I've said, it's sort of so vital. But there's a bit of me that thinks that it could almost do with a statement from above at Arsenal saying, right, you've got 18 months, results don't matter, bring these youngsters through. Do you know what I mean? If there was a something mm. that almost deliberately tr- took the pressure off, that scramble for seven. Yeah. The, thing, the owners, the... Boyd, the, the owners will feel that they've backed him, won't they? I mean, you know, new players have come in. They've made sure that Aubameyang has, yeah, has stayed. So, you know, it, we, it doesn't leave you too many, too many places that, you know, you are going to, you know, point, point the fingers right now. But I, I still think we will have Mikel Arteta as our manager, through to the end of a season and beyond. I think, you know, this isn't going to, this isn't going to be a wonderful season. It probably is, you know, eighth, ninth, you know, kind of, kind of year. And we'll see what can happen in Europe. And I think we are going to have to eventually, I mean, it's been close, hasn't it? These years of fear of no European football one season. And it's, you know, sadly, sadly, this could be the one, but Here's hoping. I'm, I'm going to say just in terms of the Burnley game, I, I think this is the start of the uh, the turnaround. I think it might be one of those days where you know, uh, we, we can barely score in some games, but I think we could get four. I'm going to go 4-1 Arsenal for, uh, against Burnley, Boyd. 
Wow. Ollie is, is, uh, has just lost Check it. Check his medication. <laughs> I, um, I think, I think we're going to draw one, one. Oh God. Good. I'm just watching this Brighton. Southampton game is about to start with, uh, Welbeck playing up front. Theo. Uh, Theo playing up front. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, Tim, what do you think the score is going to be? I think it um, I, one nil to Arsenal against Burnley. A penalty from Aubameyang. Uh, yeah, that's possible. I'm going to go to. Boyd, we do have a trip to Dundalk. Oh, yeah, Dundalk. Interrupted. What are you going to do for Burnley, Boyd? You were going to win. 2 1. I'm saying 2 1 to Arsenal, yeah. Okay. Desperately. Uh, and this is probably, you know, I think, Ollie, we might have tried to go to this one in normal times. Dundalk away, that would have been great fun. Yeah, it would have been brilliant. I think it's a small stadium, or they've moved it to Aviva Stadium. I don't know, but I think we might have struggled for tickets if, if it's at their original home ground. Indeed. Uh, but anyway, the, you know, another opportunity to, to see some of the uh, younger players. Um, another opportunity for Maitland Niles to get a bit of football. Pepe, <laughs> while he's been suspended, so is Pepe positive. back from suspension against Burnley? Is he? Is, or is he no, still that's his last one. Oh, one more. One more. So he'll be back for Southampton on the Wednesday. I mean, forget about it. Yeah, I mean, we have got some good players. Anyway, um, so Dundalk, I mean, I mean, fucking hell. I mean, they haven't, they haven't got a point yet, have they, in the group? They haven't, no. Um, I mean, it's got to be four, yeah, four nil, I think. Tim, uh, I'll say just, a problem. Uh, Sorry, Tim. Do you think one of the problems with this Europa League is the 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 gap, particularly in the group stages, to the Premier League, is so great that yeah. you don't learn anything from it, and almost, you know, almost gives a false picture of what's going on. But you, you know, and maybe some—I don't know—do some of the youngsters overshine? They're not actually good enough for the Premier League, but you think they might be, and you're frustrated they're not there. It's you know, these games are not you know. Yeah. It, 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 do you know what I mean? Where I almost wonder if it helps anybody to have you know <laughs> what what is going to be gained from that. You know, at the end of the day, it was, I suppose it was a training run through for the reserves, the game against Vienna, but it's, it's almost not competitive enough to feel that you get any value from watching what they're doing. Well, clearly Arteta agrees with you because he's not picking any of them in in the, uh, but I think they get, they gain confidence. I think that's, that, that is of some use. And I think actually he should be playing, you know, a couple of them. Particularly, you know, I, I'd rather see any of those young attacking players than William in the team. Absolutely any of them. Reese Nelson, Maitland Niles, Joe Willock, I don't fucking care who it is. As long as it's not Williams not playing, I'd be happy. Um, and so I think, you know, they, they gain, they, I think you gain confidence from putting in those performances. Yeah. So that, for me, that's the only advantage, but what is the prediction? What, who is going to, who, who, what, Ollie, what do you think the score is going to be against Dundalk? This is a crucial moment in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you, you said 4 nil. I think, yeah. um, yeah, 4 nil is, uh, is what I'll do as well. Tim? Oh, they will win 3-0. And Josh? 2-0 uh, to the Arsenal. So uh, we're, all, we're all backing backing victory, at least on Thursday, Boyd. Yeah, yeah. Now, you abandoned me last week before we thought up a title for this podcast. So don't do that again. Let me just let me just say that now. Um, oh, yeah, no, I'll stick around. I think it will have to be centred around Hector Bellerin's throw-ins, but we'll, we'll find something to do. Okay. Okay. Um, thanks everyone. Thanks Tim and Ollie for joining us in these dire in these dire times. Um, uh, but I think you know <laughs> if we manage to find any optimism, I think a little bit is possible. Josh, Ollie, Josh is four one. Josh is four one optimism. Oh yeah, that Burnley. is optimism. Yeah, yeah. 
But Ollie, you think you, we could turn it around still, couldn't we? Like we're not going to be thirteenth, fourteenth. We're going to be more like eighth, ninth. I, 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 I hope so. A win against Burnley, a win against Southampton, of course. Yeah. But I just don't. I can't see where that win is going to come from. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I checked that. Um, thanks, Tim. Thanks, Ollie. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Josh. Josh, are you in the ballot for a Burnley game on on Sunday? Not the Burnley game. No, no anti natal classes on Sunday oh. night at the moment. So uh, no choice. Yeah, Priority. Absolutely. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> watching <laughs> Arsenal could be good practice for the. For yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good practice. Uh, thank you very much to everyone, and we'll be back uh, next week. Bye. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.